You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Business with Purpose podcast. My guest this week is Susie Van Dyke. She is a wedding photographer and also the new founder of Wild and Free Supply Company. This company was started out of a mission trip that... Susie and her husband Lucas went on to Honduras and they just saw the need for jobs, sustainable jobs in the communities that they were working in. And it you guys will be blown away with just the way that things sort of came together for Susie and her husband and the way that God just sort of orchestrated this whole thing for the creation of Wild and Free Supply Company. They create these beautiful travel leather wallets and they just launched a Kickstarter campaign to launch leather messenger bags. They are amazing. Susie's passion, her heart, her just her joy that just radiates from everything she does. I loved chatting with her and I hope you will love this conversation with Susie. Hey Susie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you. We have a mutual friend in common. Mm-hmm. Anna Marie, I think a couple. Uh, yeah, well, actually, a couple, yes. But we were <laughs> connected through Anna Marie Akins, or is it Akins? Akins. I think Akins. Yeah. Akins, yeah, I think it's Akins. And for a lot of time, I thought it was Anna Marie, and then she was like, "No, it's Anna, like in Frozen." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I love that. <laughs> I have a three-year-old, so yes, I know how to pronounce Anna." You're like, now I know. <laughs> yes, yes. So there is so much about you that I just. Even, you know, just kind of knowing you through the internets for a few months, there's so much about you that I just love and admire. And Aww. I just feel like we would be instant friends if we lived close together. So, I feel that too. <laughs> yes. So, uh, before we kind of get into all of that, I would love for you to do, ha- do what I have all my guests do, and that's give us the Susie 101. So just in you know a couple minutes or less, kind of tell us your life story and what ultimately led you to doing what you do today, and then we'll kind of go from there. Okay, so that's, uh, yeah, now in a couple minutes, that's kind of fun to pack together. So I'm yeah. like trying to think, I'm like, I was born, but you don't really need to know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I live in Los Angeles. I love it. I'm kind of a transplanted Southern girl. I grew up in a very tiny town in the middle of Kentucky, um, one stoplight in the town I went to school in. And when I was 19, I packed up my bags and got in my little car and drove until I hit the Pacific Ocean. So I was just ready to get out of there and get to some warm weather. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then God is so kind because the first church I started going to is where I met my husband. And I actually started working for him. He was a very, very successful, well, is a very, very successful photographer. And at the time, his business was just booming. So he hired me to be his his, um, secretary. Now, was this before or after you got married? This is before. Oh, wow. Ooh, the plot thickens. The plot thickens. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) So this is before. And I actually um, didn't even want to be a secretary at this point because I really love being around people and the idea of being cooped up in an office didn't appeal to me. Mm -hmm. But 
he, it's so funny. He, when he asked me if I wanted the job, he used this line. He said, are you available tomorrow morning to meet with me for an interview? And I had been trained in acting. And with acting, you always say yes without thinking. (laughs) So I said yes to him. And he said, great, and walked away. And immediately I said, what am I doing? Why am I interviewing to be a secretary? I need money, but really, like, this isn't the job for me. Long story short, he... um, he interviews me. He wants to hire me. I make him raise his uh, money that he wants to offer me. <laughs> and two months later, we start dating. I was going to say, I was like, wait, so were you da- <laughs> you weren't even dating at this time. Like he was just like, hey, you should work for me. <laughs> exactly. And it's so cool how God did all that because we are very opposite. And if you um, if any of you guys listening, follow my husband as well on social media, Lucas Van Dyke, you'll probably pick up on that. We're very opposite personalities. And so in a we went to the same Bible study at church, but in a large group setting, we would never have gotten to really know each other. Yeah. So since he started training me and everything, we just really fell for each other quickly, ended up getting married. I tell people he married me so he would not have to pay me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Now, so this was, what year was this? This was 2007. Okay. Wow, 10 years. Look at you guys. The time flies. The time flies. Yes. And so that's what kind of jumped me into photography. Mm -hmm. So I've been a photographer for about 10 years now. Um, Together, we've shot over 300 weddings. And then about two years ago, I really just wanted to work on something that I've had heavy on my heart for a long time, which is just encouraging other women, Mm -hmm. specifically in their walk with the Lord, just through the trials of life and the joys. Um, so I just wanted to kind of start a conversation with women and, you know, invite them to be vulnerable as well because life is hard. Yeah. And especially, um, if you, you know, are walking through all that as a creative, you have certain challenges that can come up as a mom, you have certain challenges that come up. And I've just been so grateful for how God's grown me through that. So I love just encouraging other women and being encouraged. So I started a personal blog um, about two, two and a half years ago. And it's just my name, SusieVanDyke.com. And um, that's been really fun. But that's been a little bit on hold as far as the blog. I've been um, still really active on Instagram, mm-hmm. connecting with that tribe. But this past year has just been another new thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like trying to like put everything in order in my mind. Yeah. Um, but we actually had the opportunity to go live in Honduras for three months. Wow. Yeah. And that was in t- 2015, correct? Yes. I was at the very tail end of 15. So I had a one-year-old. Oh, my goodness. So you, and you guys <laughs> took the one-year-old to Honduras. We did. He learned how to walk in Honduras, which wow. is fun. <laughs> Yeah, so we were there for three months. Just we kind of wanted to take a sabbatical and just kind of look at our lives and what we were doing and see if it was what we wanted to be doing and what we felt God was calling us to do. Mm-hmm. As well as we had a really great opportunity to serve in a remote village church, like out in the jungle, which was awesome. Wow. And um, we also had a chance to offer free photos to people, which meant we ended up doing like 40 photo sessions (gasps) in three months, which was 
fun and crazy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So there's, you know, it's just so fun meeting so many missionaries and people who are from there who had never had their photos taken. So we got to bless them in that way. And even just we got connected with an orphanage down there and got to do some photos. So it's a cool thing being a creative and being able to use your services to make those connections and still bless others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, how did the opportunity for you guys to go to Honduras even come about? I mean, you guys are you got your you have a young child. You're, you know, really successful in your photography business. You got so much going on. You live in L.A., like which is like, you know, the epicenter of hustle and bustle. And then you guys are just like, we're going to pack up our stuff and our baby and take them to take everything to Honduras. Like, so how did that come about? What did you guys do? You know, what made you guys decide to really take that leap of faith? and go do that for a few months. Yeah, well, this is really funny, Molly. So we have this adorable house that we rent in LA and we love it. And every time we've thought about putting deeper roots in LA and like purchasing a house, the same, the thing that we always say, both of us is, well, what if we want to go live in Central America? (laughs) (laughs) And so that was kind of just something we always would like throw out there. Like, do we really want to buy a house? What if we wanted to go live in Central America? And I think that it was just always this like, you know, big idea of like, do we want to go somewhere else and even possibly be missionaries like the tra- in the traditional sense? Mm-hmm. But we had never um, tested the waters. My husband had, has been all over the world on um, different photo trips as well as missions trips just through my church. And I had been to Nicaragua before, but we had never really gone together. And so the way that the opportunity came up is we were volunteering at um, my church has a bunch of missionaries that we um, support. And so we have this conference every couple of years. So we were there and we got to meet a family mm-hmm. whose son had followed Lucas on social media for years and he was a budding photographer. And so we got, just got to know that family more and they lived in Honduras and they invited us to come down. So that's kind of what happened. Wow. Now, did you guys basically just say, okay, we're going to put our business on hold? Did you guys fundraise for this? Or did you just kind of take your savings and go, God, you're going to provide? I mean, how did you guys decide to do this financially as well? Yeah, totally. So we have just been so blessed with our wedding photography business over the years, just traveling all over the world and really having a booming, successful business, being able to teach at different photo conferences and stuff. So we had had some money set aside Mm -hmm. um, just for savings. And we kind of looked at the calendar. And if you guys listening are entrepreneurs, you know, the whole thing with money is hilarious because one (laughs) month you can make like 30,000 and then the next two months you don't make anything. Yeah. (laughs) You like basically make all your 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 salary in one month and you're like, okay, hope I can stretch this out. (laughs) Totally, totally. Yeah. So like you said, Molly, there is definitely Definitely that element of faith in there as well. Like, hey, we want to be responsible. So we have the savings. We think we can stretch it for these three months while we're gone. Um, and then just prayer making up the rest, right? Yeah. So that's kind of how we thought and planned for that. And we also purposefully plan to go during our slow season with weddings, right. which has always been January and February. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So you guys, you pack up I mean, well, one, I have, I'm not even going to lie. I have so many questions about, because I have young kids and I'm like, I can't imagine yes. taking my kids or even oh, one child. Have? I have two. Yeah. Um, and my daughter is three and a half. She'll be four in August. And then I have um, Amos who turned one in February. So I'm thinking like oh. to myself, like, even if I just, let's just say I just had Amos. 
I'm like, I can't imagine just taking Amos to like, I don't even know, the beach, let alone like, I mean, like we're going to the beach in a couple weeks. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be really rough with young kids. Like, how did you balance you know, doing the work while you were there while also having your son, like, or, or is it a daughter? I don't know. It's a son, yeah. It's a son, yeah, it was your son. Um, while taking your son, you know, how did you do that? <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest with you, once we were there, I started scratching my head and asking the same question. <laughs> okay, okay, good. I, okay, was, good. That, that actually yes. makes me feel better. Oh, yes, yes. No, like getting there wasn't so hard. So he was I'm trying to think back with the months. I think he was technically 10 months when we went. And then, you know, he passed one years old while we were there. Yeah. Um, so uh, what, getting him there was easy, you know, just packing clothes and stuff. And he wasn't super mobile on the plane getting down. But and, and silly little guy, we had taken him all over the country that year because with our first, we were still, you know, hopping all over the place. Oh, but yeah. Once we were there, it kind of just hit me how difficult it can be as a mom to not have your normal setup mm-hmm. for a baby as well as your first baby I yeah. think. <laughs> because you're still just a first time mom every milestone yes so I honestly I had a really hard time the first couple months in in the mommyhood area and wow. I just struggled and I remember telling Lucas Like, Lucas, I am just really struggling, even feeling depressed because Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. know how to take care of my son's name is Wilder. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to take care of him. I feel like every day is hard, but I also feel kind of useless because I'm so used to being home working on all my stuff. Yeah. And there it was more kind of like twice a week we were serving with the church and a Bible study and I was teaching a, a, a class for teen girls. But besides that, it was like and photo shoots, but you know, every day was just kind of very open and stretching in front of me. So, so I really just, you know, took that opportunity to be like, God, I feel weird. I don't know why I'm here. Lord, I know that twice a week I'm doing something purposeful, but like, why do you have me here right now? And I remember posting a little video blog and it was kind of very, um, what's it called? Just candid. Like, I don't know what I'm going to say right now. But at the time, I just set up my iPhone video like in a tree. And I sat down in the grass kind of out in the jungle. And I was like talking to the camera. And I was like, if any of you guys have felt weary and tired, I I feel like that right now. I'm so weary. And I don't know why. And all I know is that um, and I, I kind of parsed through the scripture. Um, just talking about clinging to the Lord and that as we continue to cling to him, he will comfort us. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that comfort doesn't come right away. And sometimes we don't even see his purposes right away. Right. Well, a lot of the time. Right. So that's kind of, it was really hard for me the first maybe like month and a half. And I just kind of had to get, to get through it perfectly, you know? Oh my goodness. Yes. I can. I mean, I honestly can only imagine. And, and just, in general, like having been on missions trips, I mean, I haven't been to Central America on a missions trip, but I mean, having been to Central America and seeing, you know, some of the poverty there and um, like I said, also yes. just knowing what a missions trip can do to you 
physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, there's a lot that happens. And so that you guys yeah. were there for so long as a family and with a, you know, a new mom, that's, yeah. I mean, that is a lot. So, I mean, I just, you guys, it really shows how much you just leaned on your faith to get you through because yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. And I say that, I really say that with all just like, I mean, admiration <laughs> <laughs> well thanks but yeah even now as I'm like thinking about it I'm like yeah that I hope that's encouraging but basically all I can say is just press on <laughs> yeah like, yeah now what did what did you do like did you have you know did you make friends there that helped with Wilder or did you guys just kind of like bring him everywhere you know what I mean like right yeah well so real quick I I do want to touch on um I, we did make friends there. And one of the friends that I made, her name's Amanda. She's amazing. Um, she told me something. She said that when she was preparing to leave the U.S. to go to Honduras as a missionary and live there indefinitely, mm -hmm. someone had said to her, just, just commit to being there a year. Do not visit the U.S. Know that it is going to be so much harder on you than you expect. And then they kind of painted this picture of when you're like transplanting um a bush or a flower like it could be you know beautiful where it is and then when you dig it up you're cutting all these roots right and so then when you pick it up and you move it to this new place even if you put soil there of like for example you know friends local church you know there's other Americans that lived in that Honduran town um it's still gonna take a while to get healthy and to adjust to that new soil yes. so her just telling me that was like oh I'm not even gonna be here a year to where I can really put those roots down. Right. So I, it's helpful for me to just know that it's okay, that it feels really different. Right. And hard. Right. So, yeah. And then, um, with your question about with Wilder, so <laughs> if any of you guys listening are thinking of doing something like this, I would recommend maybe doing it when your baby is not going to start walking. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was really hard when he got in the stage of wanting to not be held anymore. Yeah. Because we would take him to specifically on Sundays when we had to travel out to the jungle um, to help at this church, we would take him in this Jeep and it's just hilarious. Like you're going five miles an hour because these roads aren't built for cars. So it's just like bump, right. bump, bump, oh, bump. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Completely. And so then when I was up there, I would always wear him on me like in a pack. Mm -hmm. But when he was like, I'm walking now, mama, he wanted to be put down. But it was so, so dirty oh, compared yeah. to what we were used to here. Oh, yeah. You know, just like they're they don't have plumbing. So there's literally like excrement places. Um, one time I was walking, um, up the street and I crossed a river and when I came back, the river was gone and I looked up the hill and I realized it had actually been a pig urinating. Oh <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> so just to give you guys kind of an idea of like, oh, this is very, very different. And so I didn't want, at first I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to put my baby on the ground. And I love camping and stuff. So like, I'm not necessarily a super clean freak, but it was hard. And then eventually I just had to get over it, you know, and be like, well, it's either me hold him and he's screaming or me put him on the ground. And there's all these other babies on the ground. So we'll see. Oh, my goodness. Well, his <laughs> immune system is probably going to be ridiculous the rest of his life. Like he's never going to get sick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. 
funny. His body's like, yeah, I was in Honduras. Exactly. I got this. Exactly. I was. I grew up playing in sewage. I'm good. Right. <laughs> now, so that kind of leads us into a transition of um, where you guys are now and this n- new venture that you guys started after leaving Honduras. So um, let's talk a little bit about this is we haven't even mentioned it yet is wild and free. So yeah. when you guys were in Honduras, you one of the things that I know you guys witnessed was you know, just the lack of job opportunities and things like that. So um, talk to us about what Wild and Free is for, for people that are like, I don't even know what that is. Tell us yeah. about it and, and how that all got started and, and everything. Totally. So um, once we had been there two months, we were just, you know, like I'd mentioned, kind of looking at like, okay, why are we here? Is there a big picture? Do we want to move here? Do we not? And like you just said, we were really just struck by the um, lack of available jobs. Mm -hmm. And I remember even just being at the grocery store and seeing this really nice guy packing up my groceries. And later someone told me that job right there, the head of the house, like the, the guy of the house covets that job. Like to be a bagger at a grocery store is a really good job. Yeah. For a family. And you know, these these beautiful families have like six kids. So like, Mm -hmm. and they're not even getting minimum wage in Honduras, some Mm -hmm. of them. So that just really struck me. And, you know, I could get into, you know, why that stuff happens and how corrupt governments affect that and everything. But essentially, we just looked around. And especially after we had met so many amazing Honduran friends who needed jobs, and, and they'll even ask you like, can I come over and clean your house? Can I do this while you're here? Can I do that? And my husband has always just been so amazing at business and he loves building businesses. We've had many, many businesses besides the photo business, even leading up to this. So um, he just kind of was like, oh, I had, you know, been thinking of creating a product in the U.S. Is there a way I could do that here? And at the time, it just kind of all happened so quickly. But he had been really interested in creating these little leather travel wallets. Mm-hmm. And it was like he mentioned it to the right person who introduced him to the guy who owned the leather production or um, what's it called? The leather factory in that town, which mm-hmm. was only a few miles away. So it was like everything happened so fast. We even like were like, well, could we even find a place to rent that would be, you know, reasonably priced kind of near our friends? And like we found this amazing location right by all our friends that was affordable. So just literally within like a week, everything kind of came together And, um, so he was just going for it. So basically we were like, how can we give our frontier jobs using the skills that we have in marketing and in business and on the state side? Yeah. So that's how this company was born. Our company is called wild and free supply. And it's a little play off of our son's name, which is wilder freedom. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Thank you. So it's funny when people ask, like, is it after your son? And I'm like, yeah, it's not too original to name your business after your son, huh? I love it. I think it's awesome. Now, how yeah. how long into being in, Under- in Honduras did this all come about? Was this, like, pretty, like, not long after you got there? Or was this, you know, near the end of your trip, the middle? Yeah, it was definitely right at the end. So we had been there two months Then we had come back to L.A. to shoot a couple weddings. And then we went back to Honduras. And the last month is when everything started. So we literally, like, actually moved locations in Honduras and started living in a different 
place getting it all set up. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you now when when you guys got, you know, when obviously like you saw this this need, you saw the need for jobs in these communities, you saw the lack of of access um, and you said that your husband had liked carrying these leather, these small leather travel wallets. How did the idea for Wild and Free kind of evolve from there? Because obviously, like you'd said that he got connected to the leather factory in yes. the area. So what, you know, because you guys don't just make the travel leather wallets. You also make beautiful bags. Yeah. So how yep. does that, how did that all translate and, and kind of what were those steps, you know, especially in that early? Because, I mean, for you guys to get as much as you did get done <laughs> as quickly as you did. I mean, it seems like it was just kind of like, boom, 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 boom. Like all the ideas were yeah. coming together. So how did that all transpire? Totally. So um, just to back up a minute, and, and then I think that it'll be a little clear. So yeah. it's funny because right before we went down to Honduras, some of our really good friends came over as a little send off. And our friend had this kind of leather wallet that he showed Lucas. And it just kind of caught Lucas's eye. So it was literally the night before we left. So then when we were in Honduras, after Lucas met the guy at the factory, he bought a little bit of leather. And he sat down and hand-stitched a wallet for himself oh. in Honduras because um, crime's really high there. You know, people will steal your wallet. And he just needed a very small travel wallet that could just be kind of flat in his pocket. Mm-hmm. So he just made himself one. And so from there, when we started meeting everybody, he's like, hey, if other people, like if I travel a lot and I had never found a wallet I loved for a travel wallet, then maybe this is something we could create. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how it started with wallets. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, we started saying, what else could we create that someone who maybe already purchased a wallet through our company, Wild and Free Supply, or someone who doesn't, you know, really want one, what else could we offer? And that's when we started looking into bags. Mm -hmm. And so bags are really new for us. And so that actually brings me to we just launched launched a Kickstarter campaign. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And that's actually going to be kind of like pushing these bags out. So our brand new bag designs aren't even on our site yet for purchase. We're using the Kickstarter campaign to get them launched. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's exciting. So talk a little bit about the Kickstarter. So what what all are, you know, what's your goal with it? And how are you guys sort of planning to, you know, begin marketing these? And um, what is sort of your vision for it? Because I mean, I, I watched your promo video that you guys put on the website and the bags, let me just say for those listening, obviously, this is audio, so you can't see them, but <laughs> they are beautiful. So you're just going to have to trust me. Um, and then you're going to have to go to their website. Um, or you can even I mean, you can find them on Instagram and all of that um, to see them, but they really are beautiful. They're functional. Um, so talk a little bit about the design of that and, and how you guys decided to do the Kickstarter and all of that. Yeah, totally. So when we were looking at designing bags, something my husband was really passionate about, at least for our first, you know, bag push was creating a bag that isn't one that you would find at a department store. Mm -hmm. So there's different types of leather. And at our Kickstarter page, if you go to wildandfreesupply.com forward slash Kickstarter, you can hit the button and that'll take you to the page. And you can look down and basically we decided to create our bags with the best leather we could. And our leather bags are all the way leather all the way through. 
So a lot, you know, you guys probably have a leather purse or something, but if you open it, then it's like canvas or something. And then Mm -hmm. you've probably noticed it gets a lot of wear and tear, Mm -hmm. but we designed our bags so that as the years go by, they'll really wear in instead of wearing out. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So that was really important to us. And so we actually were investing up front in the best materials we can. So solid brass buckles and that really top leather, um, which is all the way through. So it is definitely thicker bag. And if you look at the photos in the video, then you'll be able to see that. Yeah. Now, did you design them? Did Lucas design them? Did you guys work with a designer? How did you guys come up with the, you know, the actual aesthetics yeah. for it? Yeah. So with this bag, my husband just started talking to a lot of people who traveled and he said, Hey, if you could design a bag, what would you want that travel bag to look like? And even more than that, how can we make it simple? So even if you're not traveling in Europe, you would take this bag to work or to a coffee shop. So he just kind of compiled a lot of ideas. And some of you all listening probably even have helped because through social media, I know he's asked lots of questions on Facebook. I'm um, mm-hmm. just kind of gathering info that way. And then from there, he went into my garage and just started drawing and he started working, you know, 14 hour days to get these designs hammered out. Wow. Yeah. And then from there, once and so, so he is the one who like would hand stitch the first bags and each bag takes about 15 hours of wow. manpower to hand stitch. Wow. Yeah. So the reason that's really amazing is because that allows us to employ these amazing artisans in Honduras. Yes. And so they're getting all those work hours and we're getting a really quality product. So how did, you know, kind of leading into the artisans. So are you, you know, how did you guys find these artisans? Was it people that you already knew there, relationships you'd already formed? How did the artisan group itself come together? Yeah, well, that was one of the other things that was just like amazing, right? Because we here in the States, you know, when you're trying to find workers or people for your business, you like have all these interviews and you still can't find the right people. Mm-hmm. But literally, like right when we were on the brink of this idea and everything started coming together, Um, Our good friend who had helped us with some translation, he's our amazing manager, his name's Raul, Um, he, you know, he had come to North Carolina for a while and had really learned English, and so he was in a lot of different job positions down in Honduras, and also helping at um, some of the same ministries we were helping at. So he was the one who said to Lucas, like, hey, if you're interested, I have some guys that I've kind of already pre-screened who are looking for work. I've worked with them. You know, I can I can basically recommend them. Yeah. And so that was perfect fit. Um, So that's kind of how that started. That is so cool. I mean, it's just so clear how even down to these little tiny details, of how God sort of orchestrated this yeah. in that, like, I mean, the night before you leave at your send off party, you know, you have a friend showing you a little travel wallet. Totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just the way. And then, you know, knowing so many entrepreneurs, especially in the social entrepreneur space, mm-hmm. I, you know, social entrepreneurship is not easy. <laughs> and there are right. so, It is hard. I mean, yeah. entrepreneurship in general is hard. But then when you're working, especially if you're working in a developing nation and then you add in levels of difficulty like time zones 
or <laughs> or you know currency you know currency differences and then you you're talking about different laws in different countries and import and export taxes and then oh, you yes. and then you get into the language barrier and all <laughs> that kind of stuff i mean there's so many layers to how challenging social entrepreneurship can be because you take like being an entrepreneur in general is like hard and then you're like i yeah. think i'm going to be a social entrepreneur it's like basically being like are you are you drunk like is some is yeah. like why are you nuts like did you wake yeah. up this morning and just like you were out of your mind <laughs> yeah it's like let's try to run this race with only one leg <laughs> yes yes exactly i mean exactly let's just do it it's just like it's fine it's fine um but you know yeah. i mean it's it's obviously this is one of those things that i'm i'm so passionate about and i could talk about yeah. all day long yeah. obviously that's why i have a podcast because then that way i can talk about it all the time <laughs> um but so you know like i said all these things sort of just came together and it's just so it's so evident to see God's hand in every single little detail yeah. and it's just it's I think it's awesome so you guys have launched the Kickstarter what's the timeline mm-hmm. on all of this and and what's sort of your vision for now that you guys have you know kind of you did the the launch with the with the wallets so what's sort of your vision for the future and where do you kind of hope to see it in the next you know three six twelve months Yeah. So we're so excited because when we launched the Kickstarter, we had a minimum pledge goal of 10,000 that we needed to have to even start making any of this happen with the bags. Mm -hmm. And we raised that in three hours. Wow. Which is insane. I mean, that's insane. Crazy. That's insane. Yeah. So I was like, I was doing my Facebook live and I was like tearing up. I'm like, you guys, this is so crazy. Wow. Uh, But um, yeah, so from there, we are at, as we're talking right now, we're almost at our first stretch goal of 20,000. And what happens with the stretch goals is once we hit that 20,000, then we are going to be able to purchase an industrial sewing machine and all those materials to be able to send down there and start training our artisans in um, some new designs that we're really excited to hopefully launch this fall and this Christmas. Wow. So, yeah. And then the other thing that happens once we hit 20,000 is we're able to invest in a different color of the bags as we start out. And so for everyone who's pledged the first 10,000, the only option is cognac. But once we hit 20,000, then we can also have that cafe colored option. So that's just really cool for the people who've pledged. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, I just, it's funny because I just pulled up the Kickstarter and as of right now, and I'm speaking this into the, into existence because by the time this show airs, you're going to be well beyond 20,000 because as of right now, you're at 19,878. So, I mean, you're like, yeah, you're, you're $22 away. Like you're going to, it's going to happen or no, not $22, $122. I can't do math. So I'm... (laughs) So those of you listening, hey, my name's Molly. I'm terrible at math. And my husband, who's going to listen to this when he edits it, is going to just roll his eyes and be like, uh, it's a good thing she's married to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that is I mean, it's it's so exciting to kind of hear your vision for it and um, just see how you and Lucas just clearly you know, just are doing so much to give. Um, And, you know, it's obviously in all the years that you had your photography business as well, that taught you so much about service and, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, giving to others um, through your gifts, um, through your talents, through your time, all that kind of stuff. What are some of the lessons that you learned kind of in that 
it, it just in the 10 years it, it, in your photography business with your husband that that you think in a lot of ways maybe prepared you for this? Hmm. Oh, man, I could go on and on. <laughs> I love <laughs> like, it. Huh? Let me like simmer for a minute. So I think the biggest thing is I know so many of you all listening are probably well, some of you all are married to your business partner. And so I've had a lot of people over the years be like, how's it to be married to your husband? But I think that being married to my business partner for the past 10 years has just really, we've been able to work out a lot of those kinks in our communication. So for example, when we started Wild and Free Supply, like I mentioned, it was like a whirlwind. Literally, it was like from nothing to a business in basically two weeks and employees and leather and all this stuff in a house in Honduras. And I was just like, what is going on? Right. But because we had been able through so many years to just communicate well, be on the same page, work at um, you know, being united primarily in marriage, um, because we definitely believe that marriage is more important than, you know, a business. Mm -hmm. So I think that that helped so that, for example, when I was like, really discouraged those few first months, being able to lean on him and just know like, okay, we're going to get through this together. Because we have in the past, we've yeah. had crazy things happen in the past. We've shot three weddings in a row on different coasts in the past. Like we've gone through crazy stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think that that really just helped. So like having gone through trials together before and built up that endurance. So that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what would you say? I, I love to ask this question of people who are in business with their spouse, um, because a lot of times that, um, you know, that that can be really challenging on top of <laughs> just being an entrepreneur in general. What what is the thing that you guys have really has helped you the most throughout the years as because like you said at the beginning, you guys are very different, um, mm -hmm. you know, and and his, you know, you especially you sort of came into the business because he was already sort of established. And then, mm -hmm. um, you know, you came from acting. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, was it just that you all of a sudden realized like, oh, I, I love photography, too? Or did you already kind of have a passion for photography and then kind of come into it? And then how did you guys sort of navigate, you know, the early years of marriage and then also working together and all that kind of stuff? Like, what is sort of your advice to people and all that? I know that's like a lot of questions, like, <laughs> loaded into one. But <laughs> That's why it feels like a real coffee date, right? I know, right? Like, I just want to get to know you. <laughs> I know, right? See, that's that's the goal. That's the goal. I know. Um, so I think that it was really cool because basically right before I started working for my husband, God really made it clear that I was to exit acting. And that's like a whole other story. If any of you guys listening want to ask me about, feel free to write me on social media and I will share it. But basically, it was just an obvious, like, you know what, you're offered this really big part, and it's compromising to your beliefs and your morality, and this is a huge director offering you this, and other people mm -hmm. would kill for this part, and you have to say no. Yeah. So I have other things for you. Yeah. And I was just so grateful for kind of like a clear, quote unquote, breakup from acting. Yeah. And so from there, literally, I started working for Lucas like two months later. Wow. And so I was just so open. I'm like, God, I'm in LA. My family's not here. I moved here for acting. You're closing that door. What do you have for me? And so it just all kind of evolved one day at a time. And I'm, I'm sure that even for you, Molly, and for you guys listening, you look back on your life and see that too. You know, as yes. you're walking, 
things just change and all of a sudden it's been 10 years and you have babies. <laughs> oh, completely. I used to do comedy. I mean, if I think like I did sketch and improv comedy for 15 years and for oh the longest God. time, people were like, I mean, if you asked my friends in college, what would Molly Molly Buckley at the time? What would Molly Buckley do when she grows up? Like everybody would say she's going to be on Saturday Night Live. Like and that was what I always said. I was like, I'm going to be on Saturday Night Live. And it's just so funny to look back because that was like my life dream was to do yeah. be in comedy movies be on tv be on snl whatever it was and then i look back over the 10 years and i'm like man stuff has changed like (laughs) man life has changed and i wouldn't change it for you know i would not change the crazy path that god has taken me on for a thing but it is very and to some people it might not make any sense and it probably yeah. looks really strange, but that's just kind oh, of a lot of times that's the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. Right. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. And then and then like for me, and I wonder if you feel this way, but you're kind of like, I'm so glad that those plans happen for my life instead of my plans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I could go yeah. on and on about how there was a time in my life for many, many years where I tried to do things my own way. And that mm. ended me in a whole heap of trouble. <laughs> and then and then I was like, all right, I guess this one day I was kind of like, well, I guess I'll give this God thing a shot. And Aww. then, you know, <laughs> I mean, really, it's, it's sometimes you find yourself on one path and you're you're going your way. And and then a lot of times, I mean, it, it looks different for everybody, obviously. And then there's sort of like a, a moment or a time period or a transition where you kind of realize like, Maybe maybe I should get maybe I should give God's way a, a shot and see how that yeah. goes. And then it goes so much better. <laughs> like not right. that it's and easy. Like, oh, he made me and he made life. This makes sense. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like yeah, it's not like it's easy. It's not like right. once you're like, all right, God, it's a lot of times it's more difficult, but it's just it's so much more fulfilling, I guess. I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm getting really yeah. philosophical here. <laughs> People <laughs> didn't let me take this path. <laughs> I know, I know. Look, we're, we're having a little bit of church up in here. Like, we're going to start throwing up some praise hands, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Sorry, so I, I realize I kind of digress there. That's totally my fault. See, that's how, see, that's what it really is. Like, we're sitting down for dinner or something. Exactly, right? <laughs> so... Yep. Yes. We both just laugh and we're like, oh, anyway. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We were like, wait a second, what was I saying? Um, so yes, yeah, so working with your spouse, like oh, is yeah. it just is it something that you guys are very intentional of like when to turn off work, when to turn it on? Like how does that how does that um really work best for you guys? Or what yeah. is sort of your advice to other maybe couples who work together or something like that. Totally. So um, actually going back to, I think the question you had before, it just kind of jogged my memory on something that is so cool for us. So it's not necessarily like work hours, but something that we have done since we got married is we have this book and it's called our dream book. And um, if any of you guys listening have taken our our workshops or classes, you've probably heard us talk about this dream book before. We have pictures of it, right? Like kind of sounds magical, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But basically what it is, is it's that we will sit down about every three months, sometimes six months. And then, um, you know, you have kids and you're like, wait, when was the last time? But we will sit down and write out our goals. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like our year goal, our three-year goals, and our five-year goals. And we give ourselves the freedom to be totally just like pie in the sky what we want slash what we believe that God might have for us. And that way, 
even if we're like, oh, how are we going to really make that happen? It's It gives us kind of like you're navigating a ship, right? And it mm-hmm. gives you like a direction. So that's been huge for us. So I think one thing we did when we were first doing it, I'm trying to think. Okay, so we were married and we were mostly just focusing on photography is we just made that really practical. Like how many weddings do we want to do next year? Mm -hmm. How much do we want to book these weddings at? How much money do we want to make? How many workshops do we want to do? Where do we want to live? You know, and stuff like that. So then that keeps evolving. And it's really cool because as we look back in that book, things have definitely changed. But so much of that has actually been accomplished because we knew the direction we were going. Yeah. And so especially when you're working with your spouse, I think that you can't have too many of those conversations because maybe one of you all of a sudden, you know, is like, I'm not so into this anymore. And the other person's like, what? We were going this direction. So then you'll need to regroup. Yeah. So that's part of why when we went to Honduras is because we always had been written writing in our book what if we move to Central America, question mark. And so we're like, well, we have to explore this. We keep writing it in the book. That is so cool. And it's it's so cool how that's just sort of been like almost like an afterthought for a long time. And then mm-hmm. God opened the door for it to happen. And then look at what came out of it. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't just like a cool bucket list experience. Like you've now created something through Wild and Free. You've created a a business, you've created an opportunity, you've created a sustainable income for not just one person, but multiple people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and you're also you're telling a story, you're helping to educate people here on the right. importance of purchasing with purpose and um, you know, knowing that, you know, your purchases really can make a difference. And that's the thing right. I try to tell people all the time is and I sometimes I feel like a broken record and sometimes I feel like <laughs> am I just am I just like banging my head against the wall like does nobody understand like not in a bad way but just like you know I feel like I keep talking about this and you know and you know when people are like yeah. well my, my my purchase doesn't matter I'm like it does it yes. does like it really really does okay Molly I have to tell you keep hitting that drum because even the new people that are introduced to that concept, that's what happened to me actually with someone, you know, who's another mutual friend of ours, Bethany Tran. Oh, I did not know you were friends with Bethany. Tr- oh my goodness. I well, See? and that's, I was, I'm so glad this came up because I'd wanted to say it earlier. This is another really amazing part of this whole story is Bethany and I met two months before I went to Honduras. And she's the one who introduced me to the whole concept you're, you're so passionate about, which is ethical fashion and purchasing with a purchase with, with a purchasing with a purpose. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I did not yeah. know you knew Bethany. It's wild, right? So for those of you listening and you're like, wait, what? If this is your if this is not your first time listening and you're like a regular listener of the show, then you are well aware of who Bethany is. If you are like listening to the show for the first time, you're like, who is this Bethany Tran? What? What? Who? She is the founder and CEO of The Root Collective, which is mm-hmm. um, an ethical fashion brand that works out of Guatemala. And Bethany is actually one of my dearest and nearest and closest friends. She mm. lives here in the area. I We text all the time. We, we see each other. We're, <laughs> we're having lunch on Tuesday. Like she's, I, you know, she's not just some, a, a, you know, the owner of a brand that I'm obsessed, oh, you know, yeah. mildly obsessed with, I think is uh, the number of Root Collective shoes I have at this point is an embarrassing number. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, yeah, so I, but Bethany's just, 
she's so amazing. Um, I just I look up to her in so in so many ways. And mm-hmm. the conversations that we have, you know, just about well, I mean, obviously we talk about a lot of things, but when we talk about sort of the ethical fashion space or the you know the sustainable business space and that kind of stuff, like this is the kind of stuff we could talk about all day long. Totally. And if you're new to the podcast, you can actually go back. I've had Bethany on the show. She is episode three, I believe. So she was one of the first episodes. So you can go back into the archives and you can listen to my interview with Bethany and hear all about the Root Collective. So anyway, how did you get connected to Bethany? Well, I've been pretty involved in a community of women called Pursuit Community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I helped uh, my friend Karen Stott, who's the founder of that um, amazing group of women. I helped her with the first few conferences. And so I met, I met Bethany at this conference and it's just so funny because she literally just, I mean, she was like you, Molly, she's like, I'm really passionate about this. And if you want to hear about it, I will tell you. So I sat with her for two hours and she just told me basically, you know, as much as she knew. And I started watching documentaries and doing my own research. And I was just kind of blown away because I had never thought of where my shirts came from. I never thought of where my shoes came from. So, and I just kind of, it just made sense. You know, once you start asking yourself, mm-hmm. where is this coming from? Whose hands made this? It, am I blessing this person or am I harming them? Yes. Um, I just think that your eyes kind of get opened. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that you can't, once, you, you know, there's a N- Nelson Mandela quote we've quoted a bunch of times on the show and it's, and I'm going to butcher it and I butcher it every time, but it's something to the effect of like, you can, you know, like uh, until you know then you know you're sort of in that state of ignorance but once you know you can't not know (laughs) you can't unknow what you what you now know and what you do with that information is kind of what determines your future you can either you can find out all this stuff about you know sweatshops and child labor and harming the environment with the fashion industry and I mean but it's and it's one of those things that I try to tell people like I never want to sound preachy about it totally I'm never going to make you because I have friends that are like oh I got this shirt from Old Navy and I'm like I'm not going to make you feel bad it's okay you know like it's just one of those things that it takes it takes time like I don't even get this right all the time I'm certainly not perfect in everything, but I have made such a transition over the years that even my husband now, like he, he knows, you know, to double check, you know, if he's going to make a purchase, that's something a little bit larger. He's like, is there an ethical company I should be buying this from? (laughs) Things like that. It just, it's, it's all in a mindset shift. It's all in, um, just starting to ask questions. I mean, and I'm even that crazy person who like, if I, if there's a company or a brand I really like, like I will email and I don't know how they make their stuff. I'll email them and I'll ask. Yeah. Um, and I'll just say like, hey, how, how's your stuff made? You know, you don't have anything about your production or your factories or anything like that. Like do your factory workers get paid a fair right. wage? You know, like are is are you guys, you know, checking them and making sure there's no child labor, like all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so okay. yeah. and we're on the, back on track. <laughs> so, so I don't even know how we, I got so excited that I well, that you said well, that Bethany. you knew Bethany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, if if only the three of us could have coffee together. Oh my just goodness! Because the ideas we would have. <laughs> oh my goodness! We would just basically take over the world. I'm just saying. <laughs> and so, all you guys listening are invited <laughs> yes yes you guys can just come along we'll just bring i'll bring a microphone we'll record it it'll be a seven hour episode of the show and it'll just be fine it'll be fine <laughs> I love that. 
Well, give her a hug from me when you see her. I will. I will. I will. Um, so yeah. So you you got connected with Bethany. You you yes. um, and you you learned more about the ethical fashion space. So that's cool too. Kind of how that happened before right you guys before. left for Honduras. Yes. So it was just crazy, and we we're like, oh, we really care about these guys, and we just have all this information about fair wages and yeah. helping people and how to, you know, even just being intentional with our guys. Like I have all these. Um, dreams I'm so excited to implement as we keep raising money and as our sales increase, you know, I want to be even more involved in, in our artisans lives, you know, yeah. maybe like setting up a fund where they can have for their kids to go to school, stuff like yes. that. Like we have so many ideas. So yes. yes. Oh my goodness. So if you guys I are listening, that. go to the Kickstarter. Yes. <laughs> this, this is a very blatant push just kidding <laughs> okay, no I'm cool with it I, I, what yeah. yeah no this is your this is your time girl this oh, is your time <laughs> do it yeah no nah, and I'll I will happily say if you're listening go to the Kickstarter check it out so it's just wildandfreesupply.com front slash Kickstarter and I think at the time that this airs there will still be just a few days left so. okay perfect so yeah. you got to get in on it quick now <laughs> if let's just we're gonna zoom into the future if somebody's listening to this and they're in the future, they should just go to wildandfreesupply.com and check you guys out and support you there. <laughs> so, you know, either way, you should go to wildandfreesupply.com and then you can check out the Kickstarter or you can just shop if you're listening in the future. <laughs> yes, exactly. And meet, meet our amazing artisans. We have some of their photos up there. So that's cool, too. I love that. That is so amazing. Uh, so Susie, so kind of as we you know get to the end here and as we're starting to wrap up, um, I just kind of like to get to know my guests a little bit. Um, so, you know, kind of here, obviously you guys are really busy. Your parents, you're, you own, you know, now multiple successful businesses. You're launching a social entrepreneur or, a, you know, you're social entrepreneurs now. Um, what are sort of the things that you guys do just to kind of relax or have fun? Um, do you have any fun summer plans? You know, what's kind of on the, uh, the relaxing docket, if you will, for the future for you guys? Totally. So we are a little old school. We love to read. So hey, my favorite, one of my favorite things to do is to just kind of like cuddle up at night once the boys are in bed and just like we'll read separately, but like we'll be on the same couch and we'll be eating ice cream or something. Um, so I'm always reading something. And yeah, definitely have a million book recommendations. Ooh, what's what's um, your what's what are you reading right now? Like that you or what's something you just read that you're like, oh, everybody has to read this. Oh, gosh. Okay, so many. <laughs> okay, um, let's see. There's a really interesting book called Infidel that I just read yes. for the second time. Yes, I read that a long time ago, like five or six years ago. Yes, so that one is really interesting. And I just read one that I can really hardly recommend is I reread a biography on Hudson Taylor. And it's actually like one of those kind of like written for teens book mm -hmm. it's a certain type of series that they do like tons of biographies um so if you just google like Hudson Taylor biography I think it'll pop up and it's like the thinner version but it's on um it was on an audiobook so I just kind of listened to it in the morning while I was making breakfast for my kids and stuff like that like at those funny places during the day where I'm really busy but I like have a little bit of a brain Totally. Um, and I love that. I was so challenged. Honest. I mean, just to be completely honest, after it finished, I just like cried because I was so convicted at mm -hmm. his life and how he lived serving God and like pouring his life out for these people in China. And 
I just don't live like that. You know, I'm like always thinking about myself and my comfort and like, man, I was just so humbled. And so it was really encouraging and inspiring. That's amazing. Uh, So Susie, for those that are listening and want to connect with you directly, how can they best find you? And also for people listening, I will make sure to put all of these links that Susie mentions and also all the links to the Kickstarter and Wild and Free and her husband Lucas and all of that I will put (laughs) in the show notes so you can definitely check them out there. But what is the best place for people to connect with you? Yeah, so I'm most active on Instagram right now. Even if I don't post, I do the stories. I love Instagram. Oh, me too. Me too. (laughs) It's just easier because you're like, this is going to disappear. It doesn't have to be as beautiful. Um, Yeah, so I would love to connect with all of you guys listening on Instagram. My um, handle is just Susie Van Dyke with a Z, S-U-Z-Y, Susie Van Dyke. And then I'm also on Facebook, um, Susie Van Dyke. I still have my blog, SusieVandeck.com, if you're interested in just reading some of the posts I've done, just more geared towards encouraging women and mamas. I love it. I love it. Susie, it was such a pleasure to chat with you today. And I can basically tell that we're already best friends. And even though we live on opposite coasts, and because we have so many friends in common, that clearly means that we would be BFFs. So um, if you are ever in North Carolina please hit me up and Bethany and I will take you out if I'm ever in LA, which I actually may be going to LA in August for the yellow conference. Yes. Oh, please let me know. We have to get together. Yes. So if I'm going to be in LA for yellow, I will definitely, uh, definitely hit you up and we'll, and we'll get connected that way. Great. Thank you, Molly. And thank you guys so much. It's really exciting to like, quote unquote, meet you guys through this podcast. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Susie. Okay, guys, I hope you guys head straight over to the Kickstarter campaign to check it out and support the launch of the new bags from Wild and Free Supply Company. Because again, this isn't just about a a nice functional bag. This is also about really, truly changing lives of people, of these artisans in Honduras. And knowing that your purchase really, 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 really does make a difference. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Susie. I hope it encouraged you. I hope you learn something. Uh, It really felt like we were just kind of sitting down in a coffee shop or, you know, getting a Diet Coke or whatever, just chit-chatting. I loved her. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. There are over 37 episodes in the archives that you can listen to. So many amazing entrepreneurs of different types of businesses, different types of people that are running their business with purpose. If this is, you know, if this is your regular weekly routine and you are with us week in and week out, thank you so much for listening. Your support truly, truly means the world to me. I hope that you will head on over to iTunes and subscribe if you're not already subscribed. And be sure to leave us a review. Leaving us a review just helps us to get the show out there, helps us to share the show with others. And again, it just kind of lets me know what you're liking, what you'd like to see. Um, If you have any other ideas or suggestions for guests, you can shoot me an email over at molly at stillbeingmolly.com. And be sure to let Susie know how much this episode meant to you. You can leave her some love on Instagram. And again, I will have all of the links in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.